Welcome to the Reincarnation Podcast. I am here with uh, Gordon Levy and Brad Bissnett. Uh, we're talking to Gordon today. Gordon builds Factory 5 Cobras and has been doing so for 25 years. In fact, your newest model, Gordon, uh, an anniversary edition. Why don't we start off by talking a little bit about that? Great. Um, I'm actually been uh, Levy Racing is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Uh, we've actually been building Factory 5 factory five cars for 20 years um they uh were established in 1995 so they've been around for 21 years uh the 25th anniversary edition cars we're doing a limited number of uh, factory five roadsters and coupes uh highly optioned with uh with all of the latest and greatest uh, uh things that we offer and our most requested options over the years we've we've really put into these cars uh, the Roadster itself uh, comes with a 427 small block, staff fuel injected, uh, around 600 horsepower, hmm. uh, daily driver, pump gas, um, you know, nice suspension, big brakes, 17-inch Halibrand replica wheels. And we do have our own uh, 25th anniversary edition paint scheme, although we will uh, do other colors upon request. The 25th is the silver with uh, black and red stripes? That's correct. It's uh, it's kind of the Levy Racing uh, corporate colors. Six hundred horse. So you're in the territory of uh, you know like your modern Corvettes and Hellcats and stuff like that. So that that's going to scoot. Yeah, it's it's a zero to sixty in sub three and a half seconds. Oh my! Um, yeah, yeah, that's quick. That's yeah, like eleven seconds. Yeah. So these are it's wonderful. Heat. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, they're, they're wonderful cars to drive. They do everything well. These are turnkey out the door cars. Correct. Uh, you know, going back to like where you first started talking, how did you settle on Factory Five twenty years ago? Well, I was uh, I was working on uh, original Shelby's and original Cobras and doing uh, doing a lot of body and paint work. And a friend of mine showed me a magazine article. It was Factory Five's first magazine article in in uh, the old Kit Car magazine, and it uh, it struck my interest, and I gave them a call. And the rest is kind of history. I got my first Factory 5 in November of 06 and was racing it in January of 07. And uh, to date, we've built over 185 turnkey cars for people. Hmm. So are, are people generally coming to you and saying, just build my car? Or is Factory 5 giving you referrals? Or is it kind of both? <laughs> Uh, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, there are certainly people out there who, you know, Factory 5 is geared towards the the home builder. Uh, Factory 5 sells a, a phenomenal uh, kit, um, you know, a component that, uh, that somebody can build in their garage. There are many people who either don't have the time or don't have the skill but want the car. So they'll come to me and, and we'll sit down and all of our cars are strictly built to order and we can uh, we can tailor each car for the individual. Start to finish, if I come to you and say I want a car, how long does it generally take? Uh, it varies on the cars. Very simple cars can take uh, six months. Very complicated cars can take a year. Okay. And so when I sit down with you and I decide on certain engine choices, things like that, you guys are building all those Fords up right in your own shop. Is that right? Correct. We do everything in house. We're the only uh, we're the only ones who do, and uh, that I know of in the industry who actually do everything in house. Uh, the uh, and we're also the only guys that deliver turnkey cars with a written warranty. 
Oh, what kind of warranty are you often offering on those? Uh, it's a one-year limited warranty. Uh, pretty much covers, you know, uh, parts, but workmanship, such as, you know, things like that. All, all the um, stuff that you'd want covered just because. Yeah, exactly. Um, sometimes, you know, it, as a hand-built, uh, as a hand-built car, you know, sometimes the, there can be minor issues. Mm-hmm. Um, really never had a, a serious warranty issue. Uh, most of it is are things like you know maybe an alternator goes bad or or something to that effect. So uh, we take great care in in the cars that we build to make sure that we don't have issues. Huh. Um, you know, I was I was looking at your website a little bit uh, the other day, and I noticed you guys not only just build like street engines, but you do a lot of race engine stuff. How many of these guys are coming to you and saying, "Hey, I want a factory five, but I don't care about driving it on the street"? Is there I assume these are primarily street cars, but are you building some straight race stuff too? Uh, we do build some straight race stuff. They're, the cars, most of our cars fall into two categories. You have a trackable street car or a streetable track car. Um, <laughs> those are actually two radically different cars. Are and you saying more than engine, like suspension setup, everything? You shave and weight? Exactly. I mean, okay. well, it's, you know, the, the streetable track car, um, Big uh, composite brake systems, lots of horsepower, stiff suspensions. You know, the, the it'd be uh, you know a twenty two hundred pound slot car. Yep. And uh, and not the most comfortable to hop in and go drive to you know go on a road trip. Right. But yeah, for around town it would be okay, and and it's really geared for the track. Now the trackable street car is a car that is you know still has good brakes, but maybe not as not as aggressive uh, brake pad compounds, uh, a little bit softer suspension, a little bit bit of a compromise. Car will still handle phenomenal, and and it'll do everything well. Um, and it's something that you can go play at, you know, say a NASA and HPDE or or an event, you know, an open track event where, you know, you can have fun with the car and drive it like it's really supposed to be driven, but but still be able to drive it around the street and uh, and do those things that uh, that uh, um, yeah you want to do with a car, right? You know. Take it to cars and coffee, and and, and I would say generally something. a little more dependable too, knowing that you're just going to run out and drive it around town. You know, you, you need to do a little bit more when you've got a race engine and, and bigger brakes and things like that installed. There's a little more maintenance involved there. I think it's probably a fair statement. Yeah, there's definitely more maintenance involved, but the the one of the the critical things is setting the car up to uh, handle the abuses of track use. Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of reliability things that you need to put into a car that's going to see a lot of track use that you really don't consider for a street car. If a guy comes in and says he wants a track car, do you do you try and talk him out of it, or do you you know at least vet him and say, listen, why do you think you want a track car? Because I can make you a quick car that's not a track car. I mean, when you're talking about your 25th anniversary car running sub four seconds to 60 on 600 horse, and I know I can drive it to the grocery store and put a gallon of milk next to me. Uh, that makes me excited. I don't know why I'd even want a track car unless I'm a hardcore racer. Well, and and yeah, you have those. And ninety percent of the time, you know, we develop how the car is going to be built by you know sitting and talking to the customer and really getting an idea of of what he's looking for. 
um, and how he wants to use the car and, and what his performance level, you know, his performance aspirations are and yeah, so on and so forth. Exactly. Um, there's a lot of guys that, uh, who, you know, swear up and down they need to have 600 horsepower, but just don't understand how fast and, and 600 horsepower really truly is. Uh, most find that, uh, you know, 450 to, 500 horsepower is more than adequate for 95% of the people out there. I guess talking about it, horsepower, you got me thinking about something, you know, and it's always not, a, it's not only the horsepower. A lot of times it's just like what kind of torque you're putting down and things like that. Is there a rear end options and stuff like that that you guys do in your cars too, or are you pretty standard on stuff like that? Well, there's, there's, uh, really three different rear suspension setups, uh, that's available. Factory five offers an, an IRS system. Uh, and a three-link uh, live axle system. I actually offer what we call our five-link, which is a three-link watt system that we designed uh, about, I don't know, 14 years ago or so for the guys that really wanted, were putting a lot of power down and needed an incredibly strong adjustable rear suspension. Okay. And that's really kind of my preferred rear suspension in these cars. Um, the IRS Your own five-link is your preferred? Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's the strongest and, and, uh, incredibly adjustable and incredibly consistent. And, uh, you know, it, it, back to it does everything well. It could be, you can change the settings in, in a couple of minutes and you can go drag racing on Friday night and go road racing on Saturday and be competitive in both. You know, I guess not to change the subject, but how did you get into this in the first place? I mean, you obviously know a lot about not only just cars, but everything. It sounds like meaning as far, or I should say, just cobras, but everything. Are, are you, have you always been a car guy, or what's going on there? Yeah, I, I actually grew up in Detroit or a suburb outside of Detroit. Um, my father, grandfather, great grandfather, great great grandfather, great 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 uncles all worked for Ford Motor Company, uh, going back to 1909. So, uh, when I was younger, uh, my dad was in the design center in Dearborn. In days I wasn't in school, I'd go hang out in the design center. They had the test track out back. Or to say I'm jealous Henry. right now is an understatement. And had the Henry Ford Museum across the street. So that's basically where I spent a ton of my time. And, uh, you know, and it was, uh, it was nice for a car guy. Um, and, and it was almost, you know, uh, predetermined. Yeah, I was just going to say, you had no choice but to be a car guy. It was in your blood, and I'm sure like sitting around the dinner table at the conversations probably couldn't have involved much more than automobiles, which I'm sure that your mother and wife, et cetera, et cetera, must have all loved. Well, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with, with, a, with a family where the entire family works for a car company, that's generally a lot of the topic of conversation. So what was your first car? Uh, truthfully, when I was 14, my grandfather gave me a 69 Rambler American. <laughs> okay. So what'd you do with it? Anything or did you just drive it? A small block, four speed, 12 bolt. It was a sleeper. <laughs> so, so as you started to become an adult and get your, get your own money, what was the first car that you always lusted after brand new? Oh gosh. Um, well, you have to consider when when I you know I got my license in 1980, so which was basically the dark days of cars. Uh, nothing really good was out there. Um, <laughs> I remember the 80s. We're close in age. 
you'd be accurate to say nothing good was out there. Um, you know, and, and, but the thing was, is that, you know, you could buy a Hemi anything for, you know, three grand. Yep. Sitting on the corner of the gas station I worked at when I was a kid. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, then those were a lot of the cars that, uh, that I had when I was in high school. Um, so, you know, and then you had the eighties, which really, until the late 80s and the tech and the fuel injection technology and 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 CAD design and whatnot, you know, the 80s really kind of sucked for cars. The, the 80s uh, and the early 90s, in my opinion. But you know, well, I, I, I mean, think- when when you started getting into um, some of the more, you know, uh, the uh, IROC Camaros, the five liter Mustangs. Yeah, and that would have been late eighties and, and even early eighties. Right. You know, the five liter GT was there all through the eighties, and the IROC was you know a late eighties car. And you had some fun stuff, you know, Monte Carlo SS, a Hurst Olds, you know, stuff like that. But you right. know, two hundred and eighty horse was uh, a big number back then. Right, and and so when you sit there and you go. Well, heck, you know, and, and we're back to, you know, and, and we're, most of us were building Camaros and old Mustangs and, and, you know, the muscle cars and we had, you know, the 440s and the 383s and the bosses and the, and the five liters and the everything, uh, you know, everything else that goes along with it. I mean, it was, it was old muscle car stuff and the stuff was cheap to do and it was a lot of fun and, you know, Saturday night drags and high school drags and all that, all that stuff, uh, you know, growing up, uh, when the, when the 90s came around, we really started moving the technology and that's when, you know, uh, CAD design and, and whatnot came about and, and the guys at Factory 5 took advantage of the technology and came up with a better mousetrap. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just, it kind of blossomed from there. At the time, I was, I was, you know, restoring original Shelby Mustangs, uh, in California with, uh, a, a uh, friend of mine, Don Hodges, and then Dick Smith came to see me one day and asked me to restore his Cobra for him, his uh, CSX thirty thirty five, and uh, that really was kind of my introduction into into you know hardcore Cobras and Shelbys, um, and realizing that I'd probably never have enough money to own an original. Factory five seemed to be an excellent option for that. Agreed. I mean, I think for. For most of the population who who's always had a desire to own a car like that, I mean, the reality is we're obviously never going to own a real one. When you look at that, they're now selling in multi-million-dollar price ranges. You know, what's in your garage today? What's your daily driver? And and don't uh, be afraid actually, to tell us it's a Taurus. No, no, my daily driver is an 06 Mustang GT, and I've got a I've got a beefed up 73 uh, F350 that uh, mm. that is. Uh, that's you, you used to go get parts. Yeah, that and haul my race trailer around in. So, what are you racing? Um, mostly Mustangs right now. I'm racing. Uh, I'm racing classes in in the National Autosport National Autosport Association and in ST2 and and TT2 and and PCB uh, PCC. You building yeah. all those engines right in your own shop? Absolutely. Well, so I, I've got a I've got a machinist who's about five miles away who's been doing. You know, he's uh, he's an older guy who's been doing this longer than you know most people have been alive. And uh, you know, he does my machine work. Uh, we design our own cam profiles. We put together our own our own kits. We do our own assembly. We do you know our own uh, 
you know, parts uh, picking. Track so proving your engines in your own cars. Yeah, and and you know, it took a. Yeah, when I was younger, yeah, you know, I always was was into that, and I blew up a lot of stuff getting good at it. So, um, you know, we're fortunate enough now to where yeah, we have some real solid, reliable, uh, reliable performance engines and and parts that, as long as you don't exceed the design parameters, they work great. I guess you know, talking about design and things like that, and building cars, different types of cars for different people, and specking them out the way you want them. You putting an automatic transmission in any of these for guys if they ask for it, or are you strictly a three pedal kind of guy? No, actually, we just uh, two weeks ago we just delivered a car to Texas with an automatic in it. Uh, we've done probably uh, out of the 185 plus cars, we've probably done five automatics. Yeah, so most guys um, still want to they want the feeling of driving their car. Right, right. So you're running a three and a half second sixty in a manual transmission car, and you're on your anniversary edition. Uh, yeah, less than that. Um, <laughs> I've actually I've got a car in the shop right now that's that's pretty darn close to seven hundred horsepower, and we'll do zero to sixty in sub three seconds. Depending on the driver, because I can tell you right now that I wouldn't get that kind of time out of it, but I'm I'm sure that a good driver can. Uh, that's a quick car for sure. What else you got going on in your shop right now? Um, well, let's see. We've got, uh, I have a Pro Touring Camaro that, uh, we're doing a, uh, RS SS Yanko, uh, 68 clone that, uh, is going on Santiago Chile. That's cool. Uh, big, yeah, big, doing an original big block, uh, 700R4 automatic Pro Touring suspension. So yeah, you guys aren't really... strictly a Ford shop because now you're talking a 396 is a Chevy, a 700R4 is a Chevy transmission. So you guys are doing, you're not brand specific i'm known for fords but i work on everything i mean i've got mopars in here and i've got uh i got a couple of chevys but uh 90 of everything around here is ford uh doing an eleanor that's going overseas um doing uh you know i've got my you know fleet of mustang race cars and and i think we've got uh got a couple of factory five coupes and one two three four five six roadsters in the shop right now that we're building for people Speaking of the coupes, um, I'm a coupe fan over the Roadster. I've always mm -hmm. thought that the lines on the coupe were, of the 185 cars you've built, is what is the breakdown on coupes versus Roadsters? Most guys probably run into toward the Roadster just because. Uh, yeah, well, one out of ten is a coupe. Oh, is that right? So. I just find the coupe to just be beautiful. I've always just lusted after the coupe. It's, it's a gorgeous car, and it'll do things that the Roadster can't, uh, but there's a lot of things about the Roadster that, that, uh, that the coupe really doesn't do uh one of the things that the biggest issue i think most people have with the coupe is 95 percent of the people in the world don't know what it is and you want it to be identifiable when you buy one i mean i i guess that's kind of an odd reason not i just think they're really neat looking cars they oh, they're 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 great cars but yeah you when you, you say go. they do things that the that the uh the roadster did you say the coupe does things the roadster can't or did, did you have that backwards no, well, you, it's it's both ways, well, um, right? Okay. The, the the coupe, you know, it's a little bit longer wheelbase. It has it's a little bit better stability. It's a little better aerodynamically. It's got air conditioning. It's got doors and windows. It's got a hatchback. What about uh, like structurally? Are you getting anything like rigidness out of it or anything like that? If you're going to pick a race car, um, yes and no. Um, 
As a street car, it's it's very good. As a race car, uh, we have to add door bars into it, and there's some structural things that that are required, mostly to pass tech and for safety's sake okay. in racing. Uh, I'm doing a full bore hardcore race coupe uh, for a gentleman right now. That uh, it's yeah. You know, when I talk about the streetable track car, this is kind of the epitome of it. Um, 427 small block aluminum block dry sump, um, trick suspension. Big wheels, gigantic brakes, uh, added door bars to it, added structural, uh, uh, support to it, um, you know, added a little bit more, um, just safety sake. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, a car that's capable of this kind of speed, you want to make sure that, uh, that it's going to stay in one piece, or at least the passion compartment stays in one piece if it hits anything. <laughs> you would hope so. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, racing has its own unexpected parameters that you have to deal with. So it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, full fuel cell, you know, it's all the right pieces, fire system. Um, you know, it's going to be a gorgeous car. It's going to be fast as heck. There's no such thing as a not a gorgeous car when you're talking about what you're building. Uh, uh, you guys are even building your own wheels, aren't you? Uh, we did, we were at one point, uh, we were doing, uh, we had a, we designed a wheel and, and we're having a wheel made. Unfortunately, um, the interest just wasn't there to, to keep it viable. The expense, yeah. Exactly. And to the, keep the it viable. Wheel market's pretty steep right now, too. There's a lot of players in that right now. You see guys going, you know, wheel choice on a, on a Cobra, in my opinion, either makes or breaks the car. I've seen a lot of beautiful cars that were made by their wheels, and then I've seen a lot of Cobras for sale that if you just swap the wheels out on, I know that they'd sell. You know, that's a very personal choice, I'm sure. But do you guys, like, when I, when a buyer comes in, is there only certain wheel options they can choose from? Or can I come in and say, you can build my car, but I'm putting my wheels on it? Um, you can do that. Uh, there's, there's things that are personal preference, um, that, you know, really are customer specific. I mean, this is, this is your dream car. This is, you know, this is the car that you've wanted your whole life. And you finally have the means to have it done. There's no reason in the world that you can't have it the way you want it. Um, there, I will try to talk some people out of some things that they saw on the internet here or there or, <laughs> or whatnot. But, you know, I just, I won't paint a car pink. You know, just, there's just, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's wheel choice. Um, it's personal preference. Yeah, I mean, most pe- most people specific. most people are after you know a reasonable look. There's some people that you know I gotta have the 15 inch wheel look, and it's, it's like great. You're you you have a you've got two tires. Then you, to then you get to have from. 12 inch brakes too, though. Um, actually, I've got some brake. I've got some four piston brakes that'll fit underneath 15 inch wheels that'll blow this thing down just fine. Oh, is that right? That's why somebody so, needs to sit down and talk with you when before they build their car. You know, exactly. Speaking and, of and building, and if you if you don't want to answer this, or if it's just you know, if I want to come to you and have a car built, just about how much money should I have in my checking account? Ballpark. Well, what we start with, we have a base turnkey starting point. It's about thirty eight thousand oh. dollars, and and. Um, that's a stock 5.0, five speed, uh, aftermarket 17 inch wheels, live axle, black roll bar, painted a single color. So for uh, about the big... cost of a new Mustang GT, I could be rolling out of your shop in a basic factory five, uh, roadster. 
Correct. And it'd still be a car that, uh, you know, basic performance would be zero to 60 in about four and a half seconds. It would, uh, it would do a, you know, high 12, 13 flat quarter mile and you could drive it every day. Yeah. I've never actually built that car because everybody comes <laughs> in and is like, okay, great. We start here. I want Chrome. I want this. 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 And then we tailor the car around for the individual. Um, and, uh, and it's really, Average car, I'd say right now is is upper forties to mid fifties. Yeah, would which be. is still in today's market a super fair price for a car, given the performance numbers that you're talking about. Correct, and and that's yeah, you know, and that's a car that you can drive every day, and you can have fun with it, and it'll have good performance. It'll have the right sound to it. You know, besides the you know, as long as we're talking about factory fives again, you build. I assume you must. Build the whole entire factory five line if somebody wants it. The thirty three, the GTM. Yeah, I've I've done them all except for an eight one eight. I haven't done an eight one eight yet. Okay, um, but I've you know we've done the thirty three, we've done uh, GTMs, we've done lots and lots and lots of roadsters, we've done Daytona coupes, we've done uh, you know pretty much everything that that they offer, um, and multiple levels of that. Everything from pretty darn stock to pretty darn sick. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It it can be really enjoyable. Gordon, uh, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, if somebody wants to look you up, how can they get a hold of you? Well, the the best way to get a hold of me is always call me on the phone. Uh, my number is 520-494-2745. You could also check out my website at levyracing.com. Or uh, if you want to see tons of pictures and our latest and greatest stuff, you can go to facebook.com slash levyracing, and uh, you know, I'd be happy to talk with you. Gordon's 25th anniversary edition is available now. It's a beautiful car, as is everything I've ever seen come out of his shop. Gordon, thank you so much for spending some time with us, and uh, I appreciate we look it. forward to talking to you again soon. Great, Jeff. Thank you very much. Thanks, buddy.